welcome back to Talk About Your Thing with Jules Piggott. I am Jules Piggott, and this is the podcast where we talk about your thing. Um, with me today, I have Ashlyn Barrios, who um, is the creator, one of the, I think one of the creators, and also plays Nellie Dean in WH Academy, aka Wuthering Heights Academy, an adaptation of Wuthering Heights. Um, hi, Ashlyn. Hey, how are you? Good. Um, you were you the only creator or just one of the creators of WH Academy? Um, I I am like the sole creator. I like I don't I like to say there's a team behind me, even though it's mostly just me. I mm-hmm. I did write the series, I did create it, um, but there were a lot of hands in helping me make it. Yeah. Okay. Um. So what? Why did you decide to make it in the beginning? What was like your inspiration for making it? Uh, I think it goes back to a lot of the inspirations to make a lot of these series. I consider myself a writer first and foremost, so I really wanted to just write something. And so I dabbled with screenplays and I dabbled with web series, and I really wanted to make it a a literary-inspired one. And I figured I really liked Withering Heights, and I no one had touched it, and I was like, "How is that possible?" So I figured I like dabbled with it, and then eventually, slowly, a script started coming out of it, and then I was like, "No, I'm gonna properly make this," and so that's how it happened. Yeah, I, I've I've always thought that Wuthering Heights. I don't know if it's pronounced Wuthering or Withering. How do you pronounce it? Is it I don't know. Is it Withering Weather? I, I got, maybe it depends on like where you're from. Like if you're. Yeah, in- <laughs> yeah I've always thought it was Wuthering. Um, but Wuthering Heights, it seems like it would be really hard to adapt into a modern-day vlog web series. Like, I think that's one of the more difficult books. Um, is there, like, a specific reason you chose Wuthering Heights, despite no one else having done it? I think it was just, I had joked around about it and had brainstormed it with a few friends, and then it just kind of came into being on its own, and it kind of became its own little thing. Like, it's not like I seeked out a particular book to make it just kind of happened if that makes sense yeah but yeah, there's a lot of that. yeah there's like a lot of aspects that I liked about it and I like I love about it right and um, some of my favorite series kind of didn't tackle some of the things that this one would have or we hope has um, so it kind of intrigued me in that sense yeah and um, you are the first person we've had on whose show is finished your show ended on Monday right Yes, it did this past Monday. And you did like all like a bunch of episodes in one day as the finale. Yes, we did. We aired four on the very last day, just kind of like a binge watch of the last four. <laughs> and that's really cool. One thing I find really cool about your series is like the setup of it, because in the book it's Nellie Dean telling, I forget what his name is, but he's like traveling. He, and Nellie mm-hmm. Dean's telling him the story of what happened, but um, yours is Nellie is the vlogger. And it's was found in a time capsule. Yeah, that's right. So in the book, there's like the book is already set up with all these multiple timelines. So to try to set it up in a web series, in the vlog series that we're kind of used to seeing these LAWs in, was a little tricky. Um, in the book, like you said, uh, Nellie Dean is telling the story to John Lockwood. So in the first episode, there's a little, like, wink to that where Nellie Dean kind of, it's a made-up stat that, like, in 50 years from now, your last, the most common last name is going to be Lockwood. So the audience is kind of like the John Lockwood of this version of that story, if that makes sense. 
Uh, yeah. Now, I, I have to admit, I've only watched the first couple episodes of WH Academy. Um, but I, is, is it as if it's being uploaded 50 years from now and it takes place now? Or is it being uploaded now and it took, takes place in, like, the 1960s? So the way we have it set up is that everything that happened in our show happened last year, just last okay. year. And that a student who was like, so Nellie Dean, all your characters have graduated high school. And the student who found it just was part of like the organization or the club committee that was putting away some of the time capsule things to like bury it for 50 years or whatever the case and found it and decided to air it on YouTube. That's kind of like the story behind our series. And that's really interesting. It's a much more complex premise than you see in a lot of other um, literary inspired web series like... um. I, there's, like, for, did something fall over? Is yeah, my ring did. Don't worry, I'll get it. Okay. Um, but, um, a lot of web series, um, especially, especially lately, not that this is, like, a bad thing, but they've been starting with a character just saying, hello, um, my name is blank, and I decided to make video blogs. And, um, it's interesting when, um, people decide to go with a more, like, complex premise than that. Right. For for ours, it had to do with just being like, I feel like in the book, there's already so many complicated timelines. It wouldn't make sense for like Heathcliff to be, be like talking about the things he's talking about on camera unless he thought that no one would be watching. Yeah. And I didn't think it was a good enough excuse to just not look at the videos or not watch the videos or not look at the number of views on the videos. Um, because it's already been done, like you said. So we needed to, I needed to play off a twist. So when they speak to the camera, it's more of just them speaking to what they think no one's going to watch. Or by the time people watch, it's not going to be important. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but for stuff, did you ever consider, have you watched um, the Misselthwaite archives? I've, like, like you said, I've seen, like, the first, like, couple and then waved off into... Okay life <laughs> now what, what's interesting about that show is that um it's partly vlog style and then partly like tra traditional filming did you ever consider doing something like that or because like one thing about Misselthwaite is that the characters are very secretive and so they right. don't tell a lot of things to the camera and it seems like yours is similar in that regard so, yeah, we did play with that, and there are some episodes which are kind of, like, inexplicably filmed. Mm. So it's kind of like we, we hope that you just kind of bear with us, and it's like a suspend your disbelief, if you will. So, But we we tried that. I tried that with a separate series. I tried that with my previous series, which is called Wheels, which isn't a literary adaptation. It's just a, it's a vlog format, but it's just its own little story. And and with this one, I really wanted to challenge myself, so I stuck to the format as much as I could, if that makes mm, sense. Yeah. Now, um, oh, God, I really hope my phone ringing isn't caught up by the microphone. Uh, I can't hear it. You're good. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Um, but um, so when making this series, did you know a lot of people from making your previous series that helped you out with this series, or was this kind of like a clean slate? It was a little bit of both. Um, if, if anyone who's listening has seen my previous series, they will see familiar faces in WH Academy, um, but a lot of them are new faces because, um, just because of circumstances, 
for example, one of the actresses, the original actress who was supposed to play Nellie, I wasn't originally going to play Nellie, um, had to drop out because of health reasons, and she was in a previous show, so it just kind of happened, and I really did want fresh faces for the main cast, just to have someone new, and to give my previous actors some, like, new experiences as well, so they're not always playing the same roles in my pieces. Yeah. Um, now, what, one thing that's interesting, I keep saying interesting, I feel like you could play, like, a drinking game of this podcast (laughs) where, like, take a shot every time Jules says interesting. Um, but, um, one thing that I was curious about how you would adapt is the fact that Wuthering Heights takes place over such a long period of time, so much so that Catherine has a kid and such and such. But um, for for adapting things like that, how difficult was it for you to figure out how to work with that sort of thing? Because I'm guessing, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing that your show does not have your Catherine having a child. <laughs> no, she does not have a child. <laughs> um, it... I wrote the entire, unlike some other series where they write and film at the same time, I wrote my script long before I even cast actors. So the entirety of my script was written before we shot the first frame. Um, And that helped because that had me frame the story from every single perspective. So I knew exactly where it was going at all times. Um, And so in in my version of it, Catherine doesn't have a daughter she has a sister and her sister is kind of estranged from her and she's played by the lovely Robin Matuto I love um so and what happens is that the story takes place within one school year and that's how we've set it up um but you're right like in the book it's very much like a different story almost the post the like Catherine's daughter and that whole stuff it's almost like its own little separate story so that was difficult to adapt I can't really speak to whether or not we did a good job to that. That's the audience's duty, I guess. Um, we hope we did. I don't really. <laughs> I guess that's my answer. I don't really know where to go. Did there. you did you ever consider doing like a season one and a season two? Like season one being um, the first part with Catherine, and the second mm-hmm. season two being um, Kathy Kathy's story. I actually didn't consider that. That would have been a great idea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, go back in time. Tell tell you what to do. I know, next time. Next time I'll ask for your advice. Um, I actually, no, I didn't consider that. And I don't really have a reason as to why. I think maybe just the way that it, Catherine's, the original Catherine story ends is very, like, sad. And I don't know if I would have liked to have ended a series or a season with, like, a death that way for one of the main characters. I don't know. But I kind of, now I'm intrigued. What would I have done if I had made them two seasons? I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, that's what this podcast is for, for talking about your thing and thinking about people's things. <laughs> I uh, guess so, yeah. Um. So, uh, so another thing that I've seen you post a lot about with Wuthering Heights Academy is, or WH Academy, which, which is, because it's the same amount of syllables, I've noticed. It is. It's just easy. It's less characters on Twitter if yeah. you say WH. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, so for WH Academy, um, one thing I've seen you post a lot about is, um, how dislikable a lot of the characters are, and, um, I think that that's another thing that sets you apart from a lot of other web series, is that a lot of other web series have 
you have to have the main character, the main vlogger be likable or else no one will watch their videos. Right. Um, so what was it like to develop such um, more complex characters, more less obviously like beautiful cinnamon rolls, too good for this world, too <laughs> pure? Um, what like your characters are more definitely um, of the other side of the spectrum of cinnamon rollness. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, I know, I understand. Um, um, so how, like, what was it like to develop characters more like that? It's it's definitely difficult, only because, like you said, like, in most stories, in most vlog series, you like the characters you're watching for. You're rooting for them, right? You want yeah. Anne and Gil to finally get together you know, you want Baltasar, and you know, you want all these people to just get uh, together. Not necessarily. Not ne- I'm not going to. A lot get of the times, I'm not going to get into my <laughs> personal opinions on certain relationships. Never mind. <laughs> but uh, continue. But especially, I'm I I have that kind of personality where it's like I ship people, and then I want them to be together really bad, and then I spend the whole series waiting for them to get together. And, and then they get together and then it ends. Which is, and then it ends! Which yeah, is really I actually upsetting. posted something on Tumblr the other day. I was like, I know we all want Anne and Gil to get together, but that means it'll end. So everyone just slow down. Yeah. Um, but... Though I don't know, maybe they'll do, like, Anne of Windy Poplars next. Like, maybe they'll go super far with it. Who knows? See, hopefully, I'm totally down for that happening. <laughs> I'll donate once again. <laughs> but uh, in terms of... Like, this book is already set up with unlikable characters. It would have been unfathomable for me to make them likable or to try to make them likable. That being said, I tried to make them understandable. I wanted you to understand the reasons why these characters were acting these ways. And I wanted you to realize that these characters weren't always right. They weren't always going to be right, and many times they're wrong. Um, I did try to make some of the characters likable or more likable than what I would interpret them to be in the book, just to balance it a little bit. But at the end of the day, Heathcliff is going to be unlikable no matter what, because that is his role in the book. That is who he is. And for me to change that would be to be disloyal to a book that is way more famous than this could ever be. So that would have been wrong. At least that's my perspective of it. So I try to make them, instead of likable, I try to make them understandable. That's that's definitely a really good perspective to have on this sort of thing, because I, I'm going to talk, like, for nothing much to do, um, I think that they did a good job with the character of John and making him more understandable. Right. But, um, no, sure. but, um, and then, and then they started to try to make him more likable in, like, the the sequel mm-hmm. and um it felt a little bit off but um i guess it was a sequel so they could continue with the character development and they could be more original with what they were doing with the characters um but yeah i've noticed that that's what a lot of literary inspired web series do is they try to make the characters who are seen as villains or etc more understandable and I think, and, um, but the thing that's different about WH Academy is that, or Wuthering Heights in general, is that all, or most of the characters are... Everything just, keeps falling. I don't know what's going on. I am so sorry. Oh, it's fine. Um, <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> but um, for Wuthering Heights, it's not like there's, like, a clear-cut villain, per se. 
Um, and um, so it's definitely a more complicated adaptation to write, I think, than th- shows like nothing, like Much Do About Nothing or, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think, um, <laughs> other shows that have like a clear-cut villain. Um, yeah, I don't think another one's been made with a clear cut. Maybe like LBD with Caroline Bingley, but not even. Yeah, Caroline. Again, she's kind of the John Donaldson of Le- right. of Lizzie Bennet Diaries because in Emma Approved, they really developed her more. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, yeah, we we did really play with the villainous of it, and I think that gave um, the actors the opportunity to do that. And they, I think, as actors, they really enjoyed doing that. Uh, especially because a lot of them came from not really knowing what a what a literary inspired web series was, Espe- like so. <laughs> I think that they enjoyed playing villainous characters, and they definitely you could see it when they acted. And if you keep watching my show, um, they really delve into that world. So that was definitely <laughs> interesting to watch as a director or creator. That's one thing that's fun when you cast people who don't really know about this like whole literary inspired web series world and then you try to explain it to them yeah. and it doesn't it doesn't make sense when you're talking about it <laughs> like, yeah, or they don't really understand the whole purpose of they're like but why is the camera stationary and you're like because it's a vlog series yeah. <laughs> and you have to like sit them down i gave my actors homework i made them watch a few episodes of a few of my favorite shows maybe kind of, like learn the aspect of the i don't want to call it a genre the form yeah Maybe maybe I should do that. Like I don't know. Like I don't, I don't think all of my actors get it. <laughs> um, well, to be fair, I don't think all of my actors did the homework. So don't uh, worry. <laughs> no, but one like a few days ago, I was I was doing some filming, and I hate to talk about my own work, but I just um I like to men- I like to talk about this. I was describing like the history of the literary inspired web series to um the one of my actors, and he was like, "This is like Game of Thrones. This is like." <laughs> This is, like, ridiculous history. And that was what inspired me to make uh, the timeline, which is... Which you posted this morning. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Yeah, um, check out the timeline. Um, it's thebabbyinitiative.tumblr.com slash timeline. It's, um, uh, I worked really hard on it. It's, like, a pretty in-depth timeline of all the literary-inspired web series. And I have it open right now, and I can see that your show started on the 6th of October, 2015. It did. <laughs> That it did. Yeah, and it just ended. Um, do you have, you are working on another web series, right? Um, working, it's more of like brainstorming on another <laughs> web series. We did, I do have one that's written that isn't necessarily, it's not an LIW, even though it kind of delves into the literary world, but that one is, um, perhaps hopefully will be funded and then we'll be able to produce a higher value show in terms of just money and things like that. Uh, we'll see We'll see if we get funded and um, if we don't, then we'll figure something else out. Well, it'll just, we'll just have to wait and see at this point. We have no control over that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, funding has been something that a lot of people have been talking about in this community lately. Just like how some shows get funded and some shows don't and why <laughs> that is. And it's really kind of interesting to think about because um, not necessarily being more popular means that you'll get funded because usually if you're more popular, you end up asking for more money. It's very true. Yeah. Um, like, Call Me Katie for their, well, I guess it's nothing like the sun now, for their second 
for their second show, they only asked for like 500 US dollars and they got completely funded. And that's really cool. And then there are shows that like New Ventures of Peter and Wendy that were like, we need $50,000 for 12 episodes. And like, that's a, definitely a harder goal to reach. I also think it depends on, and I hate to say this because it shouldn't depend on this, but this just says how shallow I am. Um, I will be willing to pay more if I receive something signed by the cast. Yeah, uh, that is, that's definitely, um, having good rewards is definitely like a major factor in the Kickstarter Indiegogo like system. For sure. Like, I know I'm starting this, like, I have this, like, mini collection of, like, signed postcards and stuff like that. And, like, I'll, I'll soon hopefully be getting my signed dinosaur by Jake. Like, you know, it's like there's a lot of – I want to frame them and I want to put it on the side of my wall. I want to have this little world of this this form that I've come to love um, be a part of, like, where I live and where I sleep. And so it's definitely, I think, I think as a – as a contributor, those are the things that would interest me. But I totally understand from the creator's um, perspective that sending those things out is not necessarily cost effective. And I yeah. totally get that. So I understand both ways, like both sides of it. But at the end of the day, I think you have to be giving your contributor, especially if you're asking them for a lot of money or especially multiple money, when you, once you've already asked them for an amount to ask them again, you really need to be giving them something that they're that it's worth their while beyond just the show. Yeah, definitely. I had a point that I was going to say, and then I forgot it. It <laughs> seems to keep happening on this show. <laughs> um, no, what I was going to say is that it's kind of like a paradox. Because if you're a smaller show, you can ask for less money and give out like more more better rewards because you have like a smaller like community with your cast and you can like get them to sign stuff more easily and have more you have more time and then once you but what so you get better you can give better rewards if you ask for less money but when you ask get trying to get more money you can't give as good rewards and it's kind of like a paradox and sort of it's difficult to like find the happy medium it, that's for sure. That's exactly right. Like, I, I couldn't have said that better myself. Like, and, and also, I think there's also that aspect of just, it is such a small community that you don't want to, like, you don't want to ask too much of the community. I feel like there are so many of these initiatives asking for money from so many different, like, places. And as a, as a fan, you want to be able to give appropriately to all of them. So, like, would I have liked to give a vast amount to one initiative? Of course I would have. But obviously, it is a small community, mostly yeah. made up of young people who, unfortunately, know young people don't have the, don't have a lot in their pockets, especially if they're mm -hmm. going, going, through, going through college. Um, and... As a fan, I know that these initiatives are going to keep popping up. So I'm going to, like, at least my idea is I'm going to spend a little, but I'm going to spend to donate and to contribute because I want something to happen. But I also want to be able to then um, give to someone else if that pops up, which we all know will because that's just the nature yeah. of this fandom. Because there's just so much happening. Just exactly so many yeah. people doing these really cool things. But actually, when you look at it as a whole... I was making the timeline, and I realized it was a lot less than I thought it was. Like, for, like it's always seemed like this big, massive 
sort of thing where, like, people are saying, oh, there are so many. And then, like, you look at it from a historical perspective, and it's actually not that many. It's Oh, really? That's interesting, because, like, like, I would have assumed there were, like, tons of them. Yeah, like, 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 I know that for this, this timeline website, you can only plug in 200 events. So at some point, I'm going to run out of room on this timeline. But um, right now, there's, like, um, a begins and ends event for each, almost every show. And I haven't even come close to the 200, which means that there's about 100, maybe, or probably less. And, oh, um, interesting. And, um, it's, I, I, for some reason, when you, when you're talking about it, like, it's theoretical, you think, oh, there are so, people talk about how there are so many, and then there are, like, I, there are just not so many, because it's really just getting started, Mm -hmm. the whole, the whole form, and, um, now I'm getting into, like, the topic of, like, are, like, are the literary-inspired web series dead? And I already made a video about that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I'll just go back to asking you about your thing. <laughs> um, Can I comment on that, though? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I, I, I hope they aren't. I, I've seen a lot of people post about this, especially on Tumblr. And I think that it comes down to there seem to be less of the big ones and more of the smaller ones. And I think that that's an opportunity for the forum to grow and to give young people, especially, um, the opportunity to create something which is yeah. healthy in the forum. I think. Yeah, I think it's really interesting how like they're interesting again. Um, but it, I've always wondered, and I still can't like figure out how. But I've wondered how the candle wasters sort of have made that jump from being small creators to big creators but still kind of not really being big creators they're kind of like somewhere in the middle they're kind of like the indie big creators yeah because yeah. like their shows are big mm -hmm. they themselves aren't particularly like they don't have like they're not like kate hackett or kyle walters or something like that they don't have all this L all these la resources behind them but they're they're just like some like uh, in this weird sort of limbo between well, small and big. I they're I don't want to say the word lucky because I don't think it's luck. I think it comes with hard work. I think yeah. those four girls are really talented. They 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 saw a, they saw something that the fandom wanted without having it, and they provided that for them um, in a way that was interesting, right? And even in Lovely Little Losers, although there's a lot like of debate about that show. What they did for it with nothing much to do is almost in a sense groundbreaking because yeah, as it's you definitely said, groundbreaking. Yeah, like as you said, like they started really small and definitely became the mainstream almost. And I think it also has to do with the fact that I think one of them is a film student, and they they knew all these people through like drama things and stuff like that. So they had a really good like community around them, and they were really smart in utilizing that community. Um, but I don't know where I was going with that. I was just going to say, like, they're just, I think it comes with hard work and talent. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It definitely, you gotta, you gotta work really hard. But, um, yeah, yeah, definitely gotta work really hard. And, um, well, what was I going to say? 
Oh, this is a mess. I'm sorry, people listening to this. <laughs> um, out of all your characters, completely changing the subject, out of all your characters, who was the most fun for you to write and who was the most difficult? Ooh. Um, okay. I think the most difficult was Catherine. Because I didn't want to make her um, weak, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I think that there is an interpretation about that character that she's just like some love-stricken girl. And that's all there is to her. Where I personally see her as a very strong female who isn't necessarily... I, I, my personal opinion of it is that her choices weren't necessarily respected. That's how I approached the character. And I tried to add that, ele- not add that element, but highlight the element of feminism in her. I hope that I've achieved yeah. that. Yeah, I, I found it interesting. In, I found it interesting in Wuthering Heights how she kind of makes choices that are definitely not based off of love, that are based off of um like what will get her further in life like mm-hmm. not marrying Heathcliff and stuff like that so to like reduce her to sort of a love-struck little girl is definitely not honoring her character and I think that it's good that you def you highlighted that um but what about more most difficult who is your hardest character to write I think Heathcliff just because it's also hard to balance the fact that he in a sense if you if you read as a modern person reading the book, it could almost seem abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely didn't want to make the modern version of Heathcliff abusive. So that yeah. was tough. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of things in these classic books where you're trying to adapt them and you read it and you're like, ooh, maybe I can't do that in my <laughs> yeah, thing because exactly. we'd be getting into some stuff that I don't want to deal with. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to... Yeah, it's very difficult because when you read the book, you think one way and you go, this guy is bad news, get away from him, but... You gotta, like, take it in the context of the time, really. Exactly. Like, how would they... How would Heathless as a character been seen back then as opposed to now? And then kind of write a character who would be seen the same way. Right. So, like, I kept elements, like, he is scary at times, and he gets angry very easily, um, but that doesn't. I I I I hope that he doesn't come off as abusive. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I I mean I guess that's really for people watching to decide. Exactly. That's not really. I tried my best. <laughs> yeah. I, I tried. I was something I focused on while I was writing it, and I hope that I didn't give up too much of his character, but also had that line of. Not. Th- there needed to be a line. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And that is, oh my god, I'm so spacey today, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, that's pretty much the show. Cool. Alright, um, if we wanna, if we wanna follow you on the internet, where do we find you? Uh, me personally, or the show? <laughs> um, well, the show is over. Yeah, so. unfortunately the show is over, but if you wanted to follow me personally on Twitter, it'd be at Ash Barrios, uh, B-A-R-R-I-O-S, mm-hmm. and you can find WH Academy on Twitter, and we tweet about, I tweet about, like, other shows, too, just because I feel like that's a cool way of being involved in the community. Yeah, the and on supporting each other, rah-rah, woo, everyone, <laughs> everyone together, Wildcats. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and on Tumblr, it's my full name. So A-Y-E-L-E-N-B-R-P. All right. And that will, that, your name's going to be on the, the thing for the. Cool. The, the little thing. I don't know what to call that. Because it's not the cover <laughs> art. Because the cover art is the actual cover art. But then I just make like a little graphic for each episode. Oh, no, yeah, I noticed that with your first two, yeah. Yeah, anyways, thank you for coming on, Ashley. <laughs> I feel like that episode... No, no, thank you so much for having me. This is fun. All right, thank you so much. Um, And I guess I'll talk to you guys next time we film an episode. Bye. Right. Bye. <laughs>